Today, we celebrate our Independence Day. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Introversion Podcast. It's July 4th, 2020. Happy Independence Day. Whatever that means. The fuck does that mean? To uh, all of you all out there, whatever it means to me. I don't know. What does it mean to you? Independence Day, July 4th. Uh, Usually, I don't know. I I feel um, a little bit in the minority, typically. I don't make a big fuss about it, but usually every July 4th rolls around and... I don't know. I just never really been that big on the holiday. Uh, I'm not anti July 4th. I'm not anti American or anything like that. There definitely seems to be a leftist contingent, a very loud contingent uh, in America these days that says, um, I hate America. America sucks. So on and so forth. Um, I just saw today, July 4th, trending on Twitter is fuck the 4th. Uh, That's interesting. Although it's spelled fuck with a V. F V C K, the fourth. So I I guess that's not so bad. Yeah, right. Um, So yeah, that's trending on Twitter. Not that I even go checking out Twitter, because why would I do that? You will never find a more wretched hive of scum and villainy. Speaking of which, I woke up this morning feeling a bit frustrated, but also a bit motivated. And I think I woke up kind of late for my standards. I think it was about 8.30 or so. So I felt kind of bad about starting the day late. But at the same time, I thought, man, I I have so many things on my plate. I have so many things, very boring things, you know take out the trash, do the dishes. I wanted to cut my hair today, catch up on some emails, do a bunch of web stuff, just try out some things that I'm working on and some tutorials and some new skills, just all kinds of things. And anytime I wake up thinking about all these things on the to-do list, sometimes it stresses me out and it it causes me to want to procrastinate and lay in bed longer or go back to sleep because it it just feels a bit daunting to get on with the day, knowing there's so many things. Even if they're all good things, you know, it's there's a certain satisfaction I get from checking things off the list, if it's even if it's as simple as doing the dishes and taking out the trash and all that stuff. But I don't know, sometimes it just feels like there's too much to do and I don't really feel like doing any of it and what's the point and all of that shit. So... Yeah, so this morning I woke up late, 8.30 or so, and there was kind of a 50-50 split in my mind as to how I'm feeling about all that. There is a part of me that won out, and the part of me that won out was the part that, I guess it was kind of the Gary V in me, that picked myself up and was just like, fuck it, man. You gotta do this. This is your life. You know? 43 years old. That's a long time I've lived. And for all I know, I'm more than halfway through my life. And I don't know. When I think about where I'm at, honestly, I'm a little bit more content 
about my own life and a little less content about society these days. So it's a weird predicament to be in when I feel fine with the decisions I'm making for my life. I, I, I feel like I'm in a better place now than I was back when I turned 30, for sure. But on the other hand, in the grand scheme of things, I don't know. I just feel like society is crumbling and, you know, there's just so much hate and anger and, you know, this whole racism thing has been really getting to me. I, I you know, I've been saying that during the first couple months of the pandemic, I actually did pretty well. I was able to kind of block it all out while everybody else was freaking out and panicking. I actually got a lot done. You know, I wrote a couple Medium articles. I worked on a couple of my website projects. I went through a whole bunch of tutorials. I was working out at home pretty steadily. I guess this was back in March and April. So I felt like I just needed to weather the storm. And I did that pretty well. Um, I felt like, okay, this thing will, you know, by April, May, maybe June at the latest, it'll kind of wrap up and uh, the pandemic, the, the, the panic will subside and we can slowly, gradually get back to life as normal. And I felt excited in a way because I will have, I felt as though, I would have gotten more done. I would have gotten ahead of the game because I was so productive in my downtime, so to speak, during the quarantine lockdown and all that. You know, but then the George Floyd murder happened. And, you know, like I said in a prior episode, it, it really kind of affected me and it was really just angering and depressing. And, and that was kind of one thing, but then the whole national reaction to it and everything that has happened since then is a whole nother beast that in a lot of ways has very little to do with the George Floyd murder. Uh, yesterday, I just saw in Portland, they destroyed an elk statue. You know, I posted the article about that happening on Facebook and I just captioned it. Breaking news. Elk are racist. You know, I thought it was kind of ridiculous taking down an elk statue, a statue of an animal now. An animal is racist. And then, of course, a couple of my uh, Facebook friends chimed in, uh, one of which I'm going to have on the podcast. I'm going to be interviewing in a couple days on Monday my friend Christian Montalbano. He chimed in and started talking about the Elks Club. Uh, he sent me an article, uh, the Maryland branch. Uh, apparently it's this racist white social club or something, and they don't let black or colored people into it. So never knew about that one. Um, yeah, I guess that justifies tearing down a statue of an elk. These are the times we live in. Back to my what I was saying this morning, though, about you know, how old I am and kind of waking up and realizing, like, I got to get my shit together. I got to really, I got to get this show on the road. And in that Gary V moment where I'm like, fuck it, man, I can't, it's not that I can't dilly-dally around. I can, I can dilly-dally around. I can, I can procrastinate and get distracted and slack off and rest on my laurels and all this shit. I can do all that. You know, that's, I've kind of come to a place in life where it's like, 
the whole supposed to thing has been kind of thrown out. You're supposed to get married. You're supposed to have kids. You're supposed to be rich and successful. You're supposed to... All this stuff. And I'm like, eh. You don't have to do any of that. You don't. It doesn't make you a bad person. It doesn't make you a failure. It doesn't make you... I think a, a great deal of the dissatisfaction in life comes from these certain expectations that life has to be a certain way or you have to do things a certain way. You have to check off certain things on a bucket list that you didn't even create yourself, but it's just kind of this societal bucket list that's thrust upon you just by the, the very nature of being an American you know, the whole 2.5 kids white picket fence thing. It's like, it's just thrust upon you. And um, I wonder how many people stop and think, do I even really want that? I don't know. I have this feeling that, you know, back to, back to the race issue, I feel like maybe, I don't know, maybe more white people feel that way. Nah, I don't even want to say that. I don't want to say that. You know, because whether people are Mexican or brown or, you know, Indian, East Asian, Korean, Chinese, black, white, whatever. I feel like if you're living in America, you're exposed to so much in the media. You're exposed to so much in terms of TV and movies and music. You see people with so much. It does something, I think, internally to the psyche of every American where you feel like, wow, other people are living it up and riding on yachts and owning multiple cars and owning a big house and having lots of sex with hot chicks and hot guys and bling bling and, you know, being famous and, you know, big on Instagram and whatever. You know, we see that constantly. We're inundated with it, with all the advertising and everything, the movies, the music, the, just the pop culture. And I think it leaves a lot of Americans feeling dissatisfied with what they have and longing for more. And I'm talking about people who are not on the poverty line, who are not homeless, but like a sort of lower middle class or middle class where, I mean, it's crazy to think of this, this whole narrative right now that black people in America are all impoverished and they're suffering and they're being hunted down by the cops every day. And I'm like, I don't know. Even when I walk around on the streets in New York or Philly or wherever, it's like I see black people out and about. Some of them look all drugged out and drunk and homeless and dirty and whatever. And, you know, and then there's a little bit up from there is people who don't look all that together, but they'll have a iPhone or they'll have a smartphone. And I'm like, okay. So people seem to still have access to smartphones and food, you know, even if it's not the healthiest food, you know, still people eating at McDonald's and Chipotle and whatever, but it's like people aren't necessarily starving. And uh, again, I'm not really going to go into the statistical breakdown here of how many people are living in poverty right now in 2020 versus five years ago versus 10 years ago versus 20, 30 years ago. But I get the sense that people are generally doing okay. And I'm talking about, okay, let's not even talk about the, the pandemic and how everybody lost their jobs and their businesses, because that sucks for a lot of people, including myself. And 
I don't even want to talk about that, but just before the pandemic, the economy was booming, unemployment was down. Things actually seemed to be going pretty well for a lot of people, a lot of just regular Americans. But I, I feel like even though things were okay, when you look at the media's portrayal of things, it, they're always making it seem like things are not okay. You know, and I think these kind of messages infiltrate our minds, our hearts, our spirits, where we just feel like, eh, fine, I have a girlfriend and I have a job and I have money coming in and I have a home and I have a car and I have an iPhone, but I'm still oppressed. You know, I'm still a victim. I'm still bad. I'm, I'm still, I'm not well off. These are tough times. I'm being oppressed because I'm a woman. I'm being oppressed because of the man, because of the white man, because of white male patriarchy, whatever. I just hear a lot of that rhetoric and I'm thinking, are you really so down and out and destitute? Really? I don't know. But I just feel like it's this narrative that is spoon fed to people. It's, a, it's like a daily drip. And it, it never relents. It just keeps coming. It keeps pummeling your skull. Like it, It's really crazy because when this whole race debate thing started, I was very clearly on the side of... I don't want to say on the side, but I was... Let's just say I was empathizing with white people and my white friends because I saw... Holy shit. There's a stealth bomber flying by right now. I just looked out the window. <laughs> wow. Can you hear that? It's crazy. Oh shit, there's more. Wow. Picked the wrong time to record a quiet podcast, I guess. Um, anyway... Now I lost my train of thought. Yeah, I think I was saying there's just this daily drip of envy and jealousy and frustration that's just drilled into people's skulls where it's like, I don't have enough. And I'm not happy with my life. And it's somebody's fault. It's somebody else's fault, not my fault. It's somebody else's fault why I don't have the hot wife or the rich husband or the the dream job or the, the great view or the vacation home. It, it's really weird. I don't know. It's just really weird. It's just this, this American dream idea. On the one hand, I think it's great for people to have something to aspire to to have some goals, to have a vision of what you want your life to be like. But on the other hand, I feel like there are these promises or this, it's almost like a mirage. It's this illusion that you need to have X, Y, and Z in order to be happy, in order to feel fulfilled. And I feel like so many people in our society just chase it continually and I'm certainly guilty of that as well. You know, I think I've gotten a little better about it with my adoption of stoicism this past year, just in the sense of, I'm like, you know what, I, 
I have a lot going for me already. And sure, there are a lot of things I wish were a lot better about my life, but it's okay. It's okay. You know, I don't need to obsess about what I don't have. And I understand the temptation very well. I just kind of wonder how many people succumb to that temptation on a daily basis. People wake up, they hate their spouse, they hate their job, they hate their kids. And a lot of people won't come out and say that. They would never admit that. But, you know, a lot of people are just unhappy. You know, unhappy with your mode in life. But anyway, I... um I don't want to ramble on too far. I want to keep this on topic. And today has been a pretty good day for me in the sense of I woke up and I want to get back to kind of that moment of clarity after I woke up, the Gary V feeling of like, I got to get my shit together. And I realize I've been spending, or I should say, wasting so much of my time and energy getting into all of this race stuff and black history and um, Nazis and World War II and alt-right and, you know, pandemic statistics and medical data and global and in the country, state by state and policy, all the, I've been obsessing about all this stuff. And it's like, it's not like I wake up every morning wanting to obsess about all that stuff. It's just, I keep getting lured into it. Every time I think I'm out, they pull me back in. And I guess part of the problem is that I am still basically in quarantine. I'm still basically isolated at home in my apartment by myself. And, you know, with very limited social interaction. I've only hung out with a friend twice in the past, well, twice in the past couple weeks, but twice really in the past five months. So it leaves me seeking out connection with other friends and people via social media like Facebook and Twitter. But I've talked about that ad nauseum before, how Facebook is a toxic link to the outside. But I want to make this point of, this is a really strange thing. So I said how I end up obsessing about all this race stuff and the mask wearing shit and all this thing. And it's not doing me any good debating with people online, whether I know them or not. I don't know. I feel like maybe the only reason why I I do my due diligence, I, I research, I put data out there on COVID, you know, the decline of deaths and how cases are on the rise. But of course, cases are on the rise because they're going to be more testing. There's going to be more cases. So I keep putting this out there on Facebook and whatever. And I I should say that I've been pretty mellow by my standards in terms of the last several months, how vocal I've been about my sentiments about all of these issues. But this past week, week and a half, I've actually started to feel anger. And I feel like I, I kind of don't really give a fuck anymore what people think or what people think of me. So I started to post more of my views on Facebook. And, you know, I posted a video of people walking down the street. They were totally fine in Sweden. And I posted, you know, another interview with another doctor uh, talking about the policy in Sweden and how the numbers might look worse for them at the moment because they didn't shut everything down. But meanwhile, everybody else shut down and we're having to pay all the consequences of that. And then here comes a second wave once we reopen. So really, 
whether you get it in a period of time spread out as Sweden did, or whether you stave off the infection numbers as we've done, as other countries have done by shutting everything down, eventually when you reopen, here come the numbers again. So in the end, we'll see, is Sweden any better or worse than any other country or us? But anyway, it's crazy how I am not a fan of wearing the masks. And I've seen enough articles and interviews where doctors and people are talking about how it's not actually that effective to wear the masks. You know, so, you know, these are things that are debatable. Wearing masks, socially distancing, it's debatable how effective they are or not. But one thing seems abundantly clear is that the people who are at highest risk are the elderly and those with comorbidities. But people don't even talk about this anymore. And I'm kind of tired of trying to make the case. And I I find it funny that while I am on the one hand being vocal about my views, about not wanting to wear a mask all the time and how it's not healthy, you know, my honest reality, forget about what the science says and all that, but every time I put a mask on, and, and I only do so because I have to because they require it, but every time I put a mask on and I go to the store to get groceries and then I finally take it off coming home, I have a running nose, I feel sick, stuffed up, nasally, phlegmy. I'm just, I don't feel well after wearing a mask and that could just be after 20 to 30 minutes. And you can go do the medical research for yourself. It is not healthy for a human being to wear a mask for prolonged periods of time. So, you know, again, I'm not going to get all into it in terms of the data, in terms of the fact that I think the last CDC numbers I saw, their projections were that 40% of people who have it are asymptomatic. And then there's the whole debate over, well, if you're asymptomatic, can you transmit the disease or not? And again, these are things that are continuing to be debated and you hear different things from this group of scientists and this other group of scientists and whatever. But the funny thing is that I realized is me being vocal about all of this stuff on Facebook and social media. On the one hand, my words are saying what I believe and what I, how I evaluate the situation. But on the other hand, my actions are actually in complete compliance with the law and what everybody is saying you're supposed to be doing. By that, I mean I've been staying home probably more than the people who I'm arguing with who are actually going out and risking infecting other people and getting it themselves more than me. So they're all out and about, whether they're protesting or doing whatever. I'm the one staying at home and social distancing better than them. And again, like when it comes to wearing a mask in stores, I have put the mask on every time. I mean, you have to. You don't have a choice. So I have complied. So really what this boils down to is actions versus words. My words disagree with a lot of the mainstream narrative, but my actions are in complete compliance with the rules and what everybody is saying you're supposed to do. So really... It's supposed to be actions speak louder than words, but what's ending up happening these days, and not just in my personal case, but what's happening these days is words are speaking louder than actions. Words are speaking louder than actions. 
And that's playing out in just so many ways these days. I think with all the virtue signaling and with, you know, I, I could post memes of just hey, everybody wear a mask and everybody stay home. Everybody wear a mask, everybody stay home. Because that's what I'm doing. But I don't put those messages out there because, again, I've looked at the data, I've looked at the science, and I've chosen, you know, what I have chosen to believe about it. You know, if I choose these doctors and these scientists over there versus everybody else choosing those doctors and those scientists over there, okay, then we just have to agree to disagree. Where you know, it's like science is not so cut and dry where there's a very obvious answer that everybody has to agree with it. It just doesn't work that way, especially when different scientists are saying different things and then there's the matter of making policy about it. Yeah, so back to my point <laughs> about words speaking louder than actions. So I... A friend of mine, who I don't know that well, Christina, she made a post on her Facebook about how masks are harmful, not just in terms of your breathing and your, your personal health, but also your mental well-being, your spiritual well-being. So she was talking about how people wearing masks, walking around, it is somewhat dehumanizing. You're walking down the street. You cannot tell if somebody is grimacing at you or smiling at you. There is a lack of human connection that happens when people are just walking by and, and failing to interact with each other at the store, or down the street. Not just smiles. Like I know every time, personally, every time I put the mask on, I don't feel like talking. I feel like I'm just talking into a wall that's glued to my face. So I end up just shutting up. You know, I try to keep the mask on for as small amount of time as possible that is required to get in and shop and get out. And then I take the mask off and then I feel like I can talk and, and act normally. But anyway, so my friend Christina was posting, she made this post on Facebook and it was all about the, and I think she works in mental health and something like that, relationships, counseling, all that stuff. So she was talking about all that and I liked her post. I like what she wrote. And she got a lot of support from her friends, which felt like a lot more support that she got from her friends than I get. Like, if I were to post the same thing on my Facebook, I feel like I would get crickets or I would get basically a handful of friends telling me I'm wrong about this and that I should basically shut up and just wear the mask to save their grandma or whatever. So I posted a comment on her post and I said, Christina, great to see you have so much support from your friends on this. If anyone on this thread is pro-individuality, pro-freedom, pro-connection, non-judging, non-hating of others who may think or believe differently than you on this or any subject, I would gladly welcome you into my Facebook sphere. Lord knows I could certainly use more like-minded, free-thinking individuals in my social network. Feel free to send me a DM and or friend request smiley face. So that's what I commented. And then uh, one of her friends, apparently, some person I clicked through, I can't even tell what they are, and I'm not even going to try to guess their pronouns or whatever that is happening there. But some person named Hunter Sunrise commented on what I just wrote. And also pro-death if not for you, maybe for someone's grandma. Guess you hate old people? So, of course, you know, that was about a week ago. And um, 
I saw it and I'm like, oh God, here we go. And you know, you have a choice at this moment. Like, are you going to engage or are you going to ignore it? Uh, I kind of took the middle ground and I did the best possible thing I feel like in that situation, which is I clicked the laugh icon, the ha ha emoji on her comment. Because I think it's just a little way of getting under his or her, whatever she, whatever it is, their skin, because I'm not taking their comment seriously. And that's it. Just I wash my hands of it, call it a day. But yeah, there you have it. A complete stranger telling me I'm pro-death and I'm a grandma killer. Yeah. There's Facebook for you. And not just Facebook, but it's this whole tonality in our society these days where it's like people don't even know you. She doesn't, or they don't have, Hunter doesn't have any idea who I am or the fact that I've been completely social distancing, completely complying with wearing masks when you're ha- when you, when it's required, all of that. I've also had zero exposure with senior citizens. So, you know, but again, her anger, his angry, whatever it is, they are angry comments. Completely unjustified, but that's the way it goes, right? Which brings me back to my Gary Vee moment, waking up this morning and feeling like, you know what? Fuck all this bullshit. It's all wasting my time and my energy, uh, whether it's the pandemic shit or whether it's racism and all this stuff. So what you're going to hear on the Introversion Podcast, uh, I have an upcoming episode. uh, Let's see here. Not that you need to know the full schedule, but on Monday, I'm supposed to be interviewing my friend Christian. And on Tuesday, I will probably be posting my previously recorded episode with Drew Tarvin. And uh, I really enjoyed that conversation. It was really good. We talked about uh, racism, police brutality, and we also talked about cancel culture. We talked about humor, freedom of speech, these kind of things. So it's going to be a really good episode. Um and I'll be posting that on Tuesday, so definitely give that one a listen. But like I said, I'm going to be interviewing my friend Christian and my friend Obi next Saturday. Both of them have very different views than I do, so this is not going to be necessarily a lighthearted chat, but we're going to get into it. We're going to talk about students. We're going to talk about teachers. We're going to talk about secrets under the bleachers. We're going to talk a lot about politics and race. And, um, you know, so I've been kind of preparing for that a little bit, doing a little more research. And Obi has sent me a bunch of links to check out. And I have checked out maybe half of them so far. It was literally, it was a shit ton of links. But again, I have to sit here. I had to, had to sit here this morning and stop myself. I had to be like, what am I doing? Am I a doctor? No. Am I a scientist? No. Am I an activist? No. Am I a historian? No. You know, am I a sociologist? No. That's not my job. And it's not my responsibility or duty to know everything about everything. It's physically impossible within the confines of a 24-hour day. We all have to make choices about how we're going to spend our time, how we're going to spend our mental energy, our bandwidth. And honestly, I feel like I've been doing a poor job of that the last couple weeks. I think I have devoted too much of my attention, my focus to all of this racism stuff. And um, 
history of America and the Confederacy and these statues and learning about elk clubs and all of this shit. And I'm like, what the fuck for? You know, if I, if I die next week or if I die in a year, well, I think this was time well spent that I did some research and found out about very specific stories about a, some black men were hung in the year 1887 uh, by the KKK in a town in Alabama. Like, do I need to spend my time knowing every detail about that? No, I don't. I know this country has a, an awful history. I know slavery was a horrendous thing. I know that black people have been oppressed in this country for a long time. That is our history. That is the history of this country. Now, going back to what I was saying earlier, is it the case that a black person is terrified to walk outside of their house, to go out into the street, to go to their job, out of fear of being gunned down by the police. It's not the case. I have known so many good black friends I've had and family friends as well, like throughout the years. None of them are telling me about how they're quaking with fear. And they don't even have to tell me. I see it in their body language. I see people walking around like we're all getting along and going about our days. I have certain black friends who I've been talking to during this whole last crazy month or two. Black friends. And we've literally talked about Arsenal. We've talked about, we've talked football. We've talked tech. We've talked animation, design. We haven't even talked about race. At the same time, the friend knows if they ever want to talk to me and say anything, they can totally talk to me about it and we'll talk about it. But otherwise, like they're bringing up topics of, you know, Arsenal Football Club. And I'm gladly, you know, enjoying partaking in the conversation as I always do with my friends. So, yeah, I'm not going to speak on behalf of white people and whatever they're going through right now. I, I see a lot of white people struggling right now, feeling ashamed of who they are, apologizing for being white getting on their knees, asking for forgiveness. Like I mentioned in the last solo episode, um, there's literally random white people just donating money, random sums of money to random black people on the internet. I'm like, okay, if you feel so inclined, you do you. I don't know what that... Okay, fine. I don't know whether it's a lot... I, a lot of white people right now are feeling like they are racist all of a sudden and they just didn't ever know it. Whatever the case, I, I can't speak... For them, I don't know what they're going through, but I can speak for myself. And I know that I'm not a racist person. And there are countless examples of that. I'm just debating whether to get into it now because I'm probably going to talk about it on the podcast with Christian and Obi coming up. So I'm not going to get all into that now, but just in a nutshell, I'll tell you why I'm not racist. It's because I don't give a fuck about what your race is. I don't. You know, but what I do care about is what Martin Luther King Jr. cared about, the content of your character. I don't care if you're black or Korean or white or Mexican or whatever. If you're an asshole, I don't want you in my life. I don't need you in my life. I don't care what your race is, but if you're an asshole, get the fuck out. Don't need you in my life. Life is too short. If you're a good person, if you're funny, if you're creative, if you're smart, 
if you're fun to be around, you're a cool person, hey, I'm, I'm glad to have you in my life. Again, I don't care what your race is. In terms of hiring, I would hire a woman, a man, you know, black, white, Asian, Hispanic, Indian. I don't care. What I care about is can you get the job done? Are you good at what you do? That's my hiring criteria. And anybody who knows me, like I don't need, I'm not going to talk anymore about this right now, but anybody who knows me, they know. So, you know, for everybody listening now who doesn't know me, you know, there's a sense of like, well, I have to explain things to you and prove to you that I'm not racist. So, but I know in my heart of hearts, I'm not because I feel like people just make such a huge deal out of race these days and I just really don't care. And that's how I operate. That's how I've always operated. And I have very specific examples that I'm not going to get into now, but I'll, um, I'll probably end up talking about that in the episode with Christian uh, and or Obi. But yeah, so to wrap things up here, shit, I wanted to talk about July 4th. Uh, I wanted to talk about this whole July 4th thing because it is July 4th right now and my relationship with July 4th. It, it's so strange. It, it, it makes sense given the nature of my character, of my life story, but... I've never been that big on July 4th, you know, fine, okay, let's watch the fireworks show, okay, that's great, whatever. I usually feel like it's pretty underwhelming, and I'm kind of like, all right, whatever. You've seen one fireworks show, you've seen them all. I feel like maybe as a little kid, you're kind of in awe of the the fireworks, the explosions, the colors, like, wow, but honestly, I'm so jaded about so many things in life, like, I really don't care. <laughs> I really don't care to see another fireworks show. It really doesn't matter to me. But on a more serious note, in terms of American pride, how proud are you to be an American? Is July 4th a holiday where you feel exhilarated and proud? Uh, If I'm really being honest, I don't think I really felt that too much. I think the the one time I can remember where I felt sort of proud to be an American was, I think it was the summer of probably 2011 when I was in Berlin for an artist residency that summer. And I I think that day I was hanging out with a bunch of, um, well, in the artist residency, there were artists from all over the world. So there were some from Canada and Australia, uh, Hong Kong, um, and there might have been one or two Americans, but not really. And um, some Brits. And um, I, I vaguely remember it, but I, I think I went to the park and there was just some people getting together and it was an opportunity for me to meet some new people. And I think there were a couple Americans there and we were like the only Americans there on July 4th. And I felt a certain kinship with them that I don't normally feel. And I think that's one of the only times where I felt sort of I don't even think proud to be an American is the right term, but just kind of like, it felt good. It felt good because we were in the minority and it felt good to be with some other Americans and just feel a certain bond through that. It's really strange though, because when I'm completely surrounded by Americans and everybody is chanting, USA, USA, I don't, I don't really feel it. I don't know. I've just, I've never been that guy. 
so yeah, I, I have a bittersweet relationship with July 4th. I have a bittersweet relationship with just the whole American identity. And I think one way I could summarize that feeling is that I didn't choose to be an American. I didn't work hard to become an American. I didn't accomplish being an American. So why would I take pride? Why would I take so much pride in something that was just bestowed upon me? You know, I didn't choose it. I didn't work for it. I didn't earn it. I was just born. So I guess in that sense, I don't really understand sort of white pride or black pride or brown pride or I guess you could say gay pride as well. I mean, although gay pride I could kind of understand in a way. And I guess I could understand black pride in the sense that there is a collective suffering that black people went through during all those years of slavery. And granted, everybody who I know was never enslaved. I don't know anybody who was actually a slave. But they have that shared history. So I can kind of see why they would come together with a feeling of pride, with a feeling of black pride. I get that. And the same thing with gay pride. I guess I could see how they they didn't have the right the same rights that heterosexual couples getting married had. And then all of a sudden they do have those rights. And that's something to celebrate. So I get that. I get the gay pride. But the American pride, I I I don't know. I mean, I'm I really wonder how other people feel about it. You know, white my white friends and apparently a lot of black people really don't care for July 4th at all. That's what I'm finding out now. I never really heard this from any of my black friends for all, you know, the last 30, 40 years, but apparently a whole bunch of them just don't really give a fuck about July 4th. So I don't know. I don't know. Maybe maybe my black friends, a lot of them do care about it. Maybe it's just all the people out there who I don't know on Twitter who I probably wouldn't be friends with or associate with in the first place. Maybe those are the ones who hate this country or hate being an American or, you know, whatever. I don't know. I don't know. But that's why I hate, I, I, I just speculate on these things, but I, this is why I really like to have one-on-one -on -one conversations with people so I can hear exactly what one person thinks and feels. And when I don't have somebody here who I'm talking to, well, then I can just voice what I personally feel and have experienced. And that's what I've been doing here and now today. So, yeah, I just wanted to share that just because it's today, it's July 4th, I felt like saying a few words about it. I'm curious how everybody else is feeling and this most bizarre, this might be the most bizarre July 4th of my life and probably for a lot of you as well because this is the first time in our lifetimes that we're questioning this whole American identity and the future of the country and we got shit like Chaz and Tim Pool talking about civil war potentially coming and who knows what kind of shit's going to go down with the the election coming up in a few months. I don't know. It's a really bizarre time. Yeah. So July 4th for me has just been a productive day because, like I said earlier today, I woke up and I decided to just focus on my shit. 
I got a lot of shit done. I'm working on a couple new websites. I've recorded this podcast episode. I'm going to edit one other one as well. Um, yeah, so it feels good. I'm just getting shit done. I'm completely socially isolated. So I'm doing my part to not kill your grandmother. If only Hunter Sunrise knew that. I'm sure she would cheerfully retract her vicious words. Yeah, right. Well, let's uh, wrap it up with that. That, if I could sum it up in a nutshell, that is what this talk is really all about. And that's what today has been all about for me, is that I've got to start taking my foot off the pedal and putting my foot on the brakes for all of this race relations and politicking and social media debating and whether it's the pandemic or, or race relations or whatever. It's, it's, like, it's just, it's not really worth my time. It's one thing if that was my profession, if I were an activist or a historian or whatever, but I'm not. I'm a designer, I'm an artist, and I'm an animator. I'm a creator. I like to make things, I like to build things, and there's always more things for me to learn. New skills, new software. I need to have time to experiment and try new things, try new illustration styles, try new art techniques. All of these things take time, you know? And also, it's not a burden. I love doing this stuff, so... Today, it's been kind of a wake-up call for me, I'll be honest. It's, I'm really good at doing certain things, and that's what I do for a living, and that's also what my passion is. That's what I'm skilled at, and that's what I love to do. And me sitting there researching about black history and uh, the Elk Club and medical data from some foreign country and their diagnostic techniques and... uh, quarantining protocols and like that is not my business it's not i like to be well informed in general but i have to start putting limits i can't be super informed and super knowledgeable about every subject under the sun i can't my friend brian sent me a link this past week um brian who i actually am looking to have on the podcast soon uh so he sent me a link last week to um Something to do with, like, the glaciers from the Ice Age or something. Some deep science thing, you know. And I I texted him back. I was like, dude, I don't have time for this. It's not that I'm not interested in science and sort of the Ice Age and whatever happened five million years ago. It's interesting, but I don't have time for it. I don't have the bandwidth for it. So, you know, that's how I'm going to have to start being now. But I I feel good. It's a shame it took me this long to come to this conclusion. But now the hard part is actually executing that. It's one thing to realize something. It's another thing to actually follow through on it. And that's what I intend to do starting today. So (laughs) with the minor exceptions of the next couple episodes on the podcast, because we are going to be getting into this stuff, you know, pretty fiercely. But at least it'll be a very targeted time block for me to address these things. And that's fine. But as soon as the podcast is done recording, as soon as I'm not editing it down anymore, then I'm going to be spending my time doing what I do, which is being creative and uh, making art, making designs. And I've been neglecting making music, but I really want to get back into that. I started learning, for those who don't know, I started learning Ableton Live um, to really get into music production back in October and November of 2019, and I have completely neglected it all this year, and I really want to get back into it. So it takes a lot of time, but I can do it 
it's just I'm going to have to start saying no to learning all about race issues and police brutality and the pandemic, COVID, swine flu, you know, all this shit. Um, so yeah, let me wrap it up. Uh, hope you all, well, by the time you hear this, it'll probably be July 5th. So I hope you all have had a wonderful July 4th, uh, Independence Day, whatever that means to you. If you love fireworks, I hope you enjoyed a good fireworks show, you know, but, uh, or otherwise, I hope you enjoyed, uh, the company of your family and friends, and I hope you're all wearing your masks and socially distancing. Otherwise, you're killing my grandma. Grandma got run over by coronavirus! Uh, yep. That's all for now. And now, a quick word from our sponsor. Today's episode is brought to you by the Springfield Tourism Bureau. Springfield, Springfield, it's a hell of a town. I hope this has been enlightening for you. The Introversion Podcast is on its way, but we've obviously got a long way to go to get to where we want to be getting to. I will certainly be doing my part in cranking out new episodes every week, but here's where you come in. If you haven't yet done so, hit that subscribe button on whatever platform you're currently listening on. That way you can obviously get notified as soon as new episodes arrive. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please, please, please give a five-star rating. It just takes a second, and it will empower the Introversion Podcast to rise up and conquer the suppression of algorithms that would otherwise crush this fledgling podcast into unknown oblivion. So yeah, please leave a rating, and even better, an actual review. Just a few words expressing what you dig about the podcast. Honestly, would mean the world to me, and would really help provide the motivation to keep this baby growing. Also, I'd love to hear from you at any time comments, questions, or if you're interested in being a guest on the podcast, send an email to podcast at introversion.com. You can also connect with me on social media. I am Jay Caslow. That's J-A-Y-K-A-S-L-O on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, pretty much wherever. I really want the Introversion Podcast to be something special, raw, informative, entertaining, experimental, inconceivable, enlightening, therapeutic for you and me. Let's keep the conversations going about a range of topics that affect us all. Let's rise above all the hate and sickness and sadness and strife that plague this world. Let's seek to better understand each other and ultimately live our best lives. Seriously, let's do this thing. Thank you. Goodbye now. Goodbye. Goodbye. Thank you. Goodbye.